Hi folks, it's um, Des Phoebe here from the Franchise Entrepreneur and welcome to another episode. Today I want to talk to you about dark kitchens or sometimes known as virtual kitchens or ghost kitchens. So I've been probably talking about dark kitchens and for this podcast I'm just going to keep on referring to them as dark kitchens. I've probably been talking about them now for, well, probably over three years certainly before they became the thing now, you know, the the mainstream and and became popular with um, a lot of people and and brands, etc. Now, when I originally started talking about them, it was very difficult to actually operate them in in the same way, simply for the, the fact that the aggregators weren't around as much as they are now, or they were they were largely based down in London. But now with their proliferation and their expansion out into the regions and pretty much everywhere now, Uber Eats, Just Eat, and obviously Deliveroo, they've become a lot more easier to to get up and running and operate. So. You know, dark kitchens, if you don't know what they are, um, just a quick brief explanation is effectively they are an online restaurant, an online kitchen. They don't exist in terms of you being able to walk into them off the high street and order. They live online only. And many, many brands now operate them, you know, from Plastic Iguanas to Frankie and Benny's to, well, to ourselves, you know, what can go. We were probably one of the, the first to really jump on board with it. And we've been operating ours for nearly two years now and successfully operating them. Um, not only do we operate them, we actually design our own our own concepts. So, for example, in our, our main brand, which is on the high street, which is walk and go noodle bars, we operate out of some of those another four virtual or dark kitchens. So, for example, we've got um, GoFo, Ramen and Co, Jack Burrito, Dodo, Artisan Wrap, and we could have all of those operating in the background from a walk and go. So you wouldn't see that if you walked into our walk and goes, you wouldn't see anything related to those other brands. But then if you went on to Deliveroo's platform or Uber's, uh, you would see those brands exist. But they're running out of our kitchens. But they are our brands. So we don't buy in other people's brands. We create our own brands and then we um, operate them from our sites. Now, you know, maybe there's a couple of different ways of doing virtual or dark kitchens. The aggregators operate some of their own kitchens, which are specifically set up to do deliveries from. So Deliveroo have their additions kitchens. Now, these are the ones that you might have heard about where they're like container parks where, you know, basically are a bunch of containers. They've been kitted out as kitchens or they might be a warehouse or something like that. And they have multiple, multiple brands operating from them. So Nando's might be operating from it, you know, local Chinese and you know burger places, handmade burger or, or whatever could all be operating from all under the same roof. Now, the idea is, is that it keeps your overheads down and you can make more money from it. And in principle, it sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? You know, you're you're no longer in, say, central London on a high street and therefore you're not paying, you know, 150 grand a year for rent and then another 50, 60 grand on rates, etc, etc. But there is still the problem that you do still have overheads and you have to make enough revenue from the delivery side in order to to cover that you still got staffing costs you know people say well you don't have front of house staffing costs well if you've ever operated a virtual kitchen the amount of orders that come through a busy one 
you need to have someone almost dedicated to packing, controlling the orders, making sure that they're going out to the right people, making sure that they're going out to the right driver, etc., etc. So you you tend to still have someone pretty much dedicated to doing that. Now, I don't operate in London at the moment, but my feedback from operators is, is that in the metropolitan areas, yes, you can make money from them. I do operate in pretty much the rest of the country, and my experience tells me that it's very, very difficult to make money out of those particular kitchens. You know, when you're paying Deliveroo or Uber, the percentages that they're asking for, you know, 30 to 35%, you still have enough overhead there to make it very difficult to make money out of it. You could operate multiple kitchens out of those those kitchens provided, but you, if you're not in a, a dense populated area and outside London, you've only really got Manchester and Birmingham that I would really say are a worthwhile uh, metropolitan centres, you're still going to struggle. And I know a lot of people who have gone into those kitchens who just do not make any money or they make very, very little, hard, you know, virtually not worth the hassle. So how do you make money out of these virtual kitchens, these dark kitchens? Well, there's one way that I've come across in the two years we've been doing this that you are almost guaranteed to make money out of it and make a lot of money out of it and it will make an awful lot of difference to you. So if you have an already existing restaurant, pub, hotel where you already have your overheads, you already have your walk-ins, you already have your staffing costs, you already have your equipment, then you should be looking at virtual kitchens, dark kitchens as a way to supplement your income to increase your income and you can do that and make considerable profit from doing it by implementing these because you've already got all of those overheads and this is the way to to treat virtual and dark kitchens not as a standalone operation because it makes it very very difficult for you to make money from it you know i've been doing it for a number of years i would say i'm i'm almost an expert and in fact you know i would say i'm an expert at it, and i can't make money from it now, I've not operated in London. Could be a, a different scenario in that that circumstance. And I know in Dubai, it's successful. But again, high density. You've got a motivated buyer there. They've got a different culture in terms of deliveries in, 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 in Dubai. And it works there. But if you're a hotel, pub, restaurant, existing premises, if you're on a high street and you're paying all the high rents and everything else, and you're looking for a way to increase your revenues then this is the way to do it. Absolutely, this is the way to do it. Even if you're a single use, you know, a single um, or sole trader and you have an existing premises, this is the way to add revenue without adding cost. The single probably best way for you to increase your profits in the business. And if you've got a multiple stores and you're a brand, and it doesn't matter whether you are a big brand, it doesn't matter whether you're Nando's or whatever, you should be operating multiple kitchens out of uh, out of the back if possible obviously it depends if you're a very busy restaurant anyway then these can be quite disruptive to those but if you're like the rest of us where you have a quite a lot of down periods then these fit in really really nicely let me give you some examples on on how and where the revenue streams are on, on relatively low figures so let let me just give you an example of say one dark kitchen operating from your existing kitchens if you can do even a thousand pounds a week which is really quite a low figure on delivery for a new dark kitchen net you're paying say 33 percent to delivery 
you've got no additional staffing costs because you've all you're utilizing the existing costs that you've already got operating your kitchen you've got your stock costs your stock costs if you design your your virtual kitchen to utilize a lot of the same ingredients then you're going to be able to keep that cost down but let's just assume that let's say including packaging it's another 25 percent so let's just say the whole thing there is 60 percent that gives you 40 percent that's potentially profit your utility costs they're going to be minimal there's no extra rent there's no extra staffing costs so that's considerable a thousand pound extra a week so if you've got a revenue if you've got a total store revenue of half a million pounds say you're a pub or uh, an independent restaurant or something like that you know those figures are not probably too far far adrift you've added straight away 10 percent onto your revenue line 10 percent growth if, if you're a pub and you went to your your landlord or your brewery or you know you're tenanted and you you turn around and went well i've just increased my revenues by 10 percent you're probably outstripping most of the growth that they've got from anyone any of their other uh, tenanted pubs 10% growth for an independent is massive. 10% for a, an even uh, an established brand is massive. Because if you're established, 10% is you know not many people on a on a business that's been generated uh, or has been going for a number of years can keep double digit figures going. So that's just on revenue. So in terms of a profit, and you're looking at 40% profit, you're looking at you know 400 pounds. A week that's 20 grand a year onto your bottom line again that's massive if you're an independent that's on one store on one dark kitchen right that's just one dark kitchen in some of my walk and goes we operate four dark kitchens out of those to do the calculation yourself you know there is a limit to how many you can put into your your restaurant or your bar without it becoming a driver of costs but even if you did put in say two or three and there was an element of increased overhead. So you might maybe have put in an extra part-timer or even a full-timer. But if you've got three operating from there, then it's worthwhile doing, isn't it? So times that by three, all of a sudden you're making, you know, 50, 60,000 pounds extra onto your bottom line. And you've increased your revenues by 30%. Now, if you're a chain of restaurants, branded restaurants out there, or pubs, why you've not been looking at this over the last couple of years, I do not know. It's certainly, you're, I'd be very surprised if you don't start looking at it now because you've obviously had to close your restaurants down and your bars, etc. For, for the lockdown. And if you'd had these in place, like we have, you would have been able to keep a, a big percentage of your stores open. We've managed to keep um, 30% of our, our restaurants open purely on the back of these deliveries and our virtual kitchens. So it's a game changer, isn't it? You know, you run these figures through your, your finance team. They will probably fall off their chair and give you a big kiss if you're a finance director because this, is, this could potentially save a lot of high street brands out there if they operate them properly. You know, like I said, these are big figures. You know, you can't add on 10, 20, 30% revenues and large amounts onto your profit easily in any other way. Now, it does throw the question is, how do you design concepts and operate them? Because they, you know, it's not that straightforward to integrate it into existing kitchens. That does need some thought. It does need some time and effort put in in order to make sure that it is, um, that there are synergies there and that it can slide in without 
completely disrupting your existing operation. And that's one of the challenges from it. Now, my business has, um, you know, we've, as I said, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. So we've become quite specialized in it. And we've designed six of our own internal dark kitchens, but we've always kept it internal. We've never offered it to external parties. So because we've built up that knowledge on how to integrate them, how to design concepts that complement the existing businesses, we've now, and and because of what's happened with um, COVID-19, we've pivoted our business. So we're still operating our own normal business. We're still operating our virtual kitchens from our businesses. We're still designing more virtual kitchens. But what we've also done now is um, created a new consultancy company called PFC Consultancy and largely um, focusing on virtual kitchens. So we're now actually selling our virtual kitchens as products to the open market. And they're ready to go. You know, we've, we've already had quite a lot of inquiries on the six that we've already been operating for a period of time. We are in advanced discussions with a company, a group of restaurants in Bahrain to take all of our virtual kitchens out there for them to operate 28 virtual kitchens out there. And the added challenge of that is, is that obviously with lockdown, we're having to train them online. So we're actually now even creating online training systems for virtual kitchens. So, you know, we've, we've taken it even, uh, because of circumstances, uh, a step even further. So we're now offering that to, to the public. So you don't even have to design your own concepts now. So if you're a bar or a restaurant or a hotel out there and you are seriously thinking about this and you're thinking, well, you know, how do I, how do I come up with these concepts? Well, you don't need to now. We've got off the shelf ones for you. All you need to do is pick up the phone send me an email, reply to this um, podcast and let us know what type of business that you've got and I'm sure we'll be able to help you. And not only will we be able to help you, we'll be able to create a revenue stream for you within a very, very short period of time. I mean, I'm, I'm talking, you know, a couple of weeks. So you're not talking about months there of designing. We can get these up and running very, very, very quickly and for you to make money very, very quickly. And they're ready to go. And even if you're not interested in our concepts but you want to create your own you can talk to us we'll give you we'll give you some advice on how to do it but please consider virtual kitchens and deliveries as part of your overall strategy don't make it your only strategy because as a delivery product it's very difficult if not impossible to make money from from them on their own as standalone and anyone that tells you differently well I would suggest they've got an ulterior motive or maybe they've been very lucky or they've uh, been operating those businesses with them working in it. So they've been able to keep those overheads lower or they are in a very, very busy metropolitan area. But for the rest of us, which is 95%, you need to use this dark kitchen, virtual kitchen, ghost kitchens, call them what you will, as a part of your overall strategy and an additional income stream not as your only income stream so yeah i hope that's given you a bit more detail into how dark kitchens should be operated how they can be operated most profitably and also where you can get them from you know we're here to help you and it's i'm pretty excited by it because it's a completely new product for us to sell 
to the market and we are one of very very few people doing it and we've been doing it since it's um you know conception in terms of dark kitchen so you know we know what we're doing so look i hope that's a interest to you all um any questions any feedback do let me know if you'd like to have or would like me to cover any other subjects on my podcast that i haven't done up to now please let us know and I hope you're enjoying a new format. It's uh, three times a week now, not once. And um, tune in again for the next one. And uh, the next one will be out in a couple of days. So take care, stay safe, and I will talk to you again soon.